0: Welcome to C3 Church, Queens Beach. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full, and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoyed this message today. Fantastic to be with you. My name is Sean, I'm part of the team here. And uh, before we go any further, I just want to thank our incredible campus pastors, Stephen and Nicole. Can we give a round of applause to them, please? They, they do such a fantastic job of leading us and conducting their lives in a way that honours God, and that is a remarkable example for us to follow. So thank you uh, for all you've done for me personally, but for us as a church. And uh, I'm, I'm just so glad you're here this morning. Uh, just just picture this if you weren't here. There's a bunch of empty seats, and it's kind of weird. Um, so it's really good that you're here. Thank you for being here. But know that you're more than just you know a bum in a seat. You matter here. Um, and, and we consider you family, so thank you. Thank you for being here and I love you, all of you. <laughs> nah, it's cool, you guys are my family, it's, it's awesome. A few months ago, I went to, uh, I thought I'd take Yanni on a date. Um, for those who don't know, we're dating. Um, oh, uh-oh. Huh. Sorry, Pastor Nicole didn't know. No, nah, it's not true. <laughs> huh. And uh, yeah, we, I, I thought I'd take us to Araluen Botanical Park. Who's, who's been there before? Beautiful absolutely beautiful. I remember as like an eight-year-old and I loved the tulips So I mean, I don't think you get too many eight-year-olds that really like flowers, but there we go And and so I didn't know where it was. It's was pretty far away, so I thought I'd consult someone who knows directions way more than me. Someone who's pretty geographically aware. So I consulted my friend Google Maps and uh, he helped me out heaps. It was really cool. And and just on that, when we have access to like perfect directions in any context, it's a good idea to follow them. So, you know, if you're putting together some Ikea furniture, use the manual. Um, and, and so I got the directions and Yanni doesn't know where we're going. So I'm trying to keep them hidden. Don't want to know where we're going. So I've written down like roads and I'm getting her to tell me the roads. Uh, I thought I wrote them down correctly but I didn't and so it turns out we take a wrong turn and we start going further inland and I'm like wait this doesn't feel right and that's, there wasn't the right turn off and I'm like hang on so I stopped pulled over and I was like yeah I think I've made a wrong turn so check the map again and I was like okay let's turn around and got realigned got fixed up there and we keep driving and sure enough the goose behind the wheel yours truly makes another wrong turn um so if you learn anything from this morning it's that I'm not good at directions um Anyway, to cut the long story short, we get to Aaron Lewis safely. It's beautiful. I saw all the tulips uh, and there was some guy singing Waltzing Matilda for a long, long time. It was, yeah, it's just pretty funny. Look, although trivial, my directional shortcomings parallel pretty well with how we interact with God at times and how we can live our lives. And you see, sin can actually easily arise in our lives and distract us from our relationship with God. And just as a wrong turn when driving takes us away from our destination, sin in our lives takes us away from God. We can so easily find ourselves subject to things like anger or find comfort in gluttony or greed or selfishness. We can find temporary escape from situations through all manner of sins. But it doesn't solve anything, and it takes us away from God's plan for our lives, takes us away from the directions He has planned for us. But I'm so glad we have a God who makes a realignment not only possible, but attainable and accessible. And all we have to do is say yes. Just say yes. You see, it's all in here. This thing here, the Bible, is a gift to us. We have directions for our lives in here. We would never attempt to go on a road trip without con- first consulting a map or getting directions. So why would we try and live our lives without the direction here? It doesn't make sense, does it? So let's, let's use this thing. But we see here, realignment. So what, what do we actually mean by that? I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> Firstly, the premise is this. Given the state of our world, we're born into sin, and we instinctively stray away from God's plan for our lives. And throughout the Bible, we see time and time again, God, he journeys with an individual or a people group uh, who are doing just that and actually living outside of his will for their lives. But he brings about a transformation where they may have been living outside of his will. He'll come and realign them. God in His goodness will only bring a transformation that is beneficial. Although it may be uncomfortable and painful at times, it is a good and positive transformation and one that will thrust us into the perfect will that He has for our lives. Some examples may be the Israelites, the children of God. We know that they wandered and strayed and wandered and strayed time and time again. But God kept bringing them back into his perfect will for them. There's the lame man by the temple gates who couldn't walk, being made able to walk again. There's Lazarus being raised from death to life. And although the lame man and Lazarus were in those positions by no fault of their own, you may be relating to their position, feeling really crippled or so much so like you're almost dead to God. But can I tell you here? God can bring a realignment. God can bring a transformation to your life. It is not too far gone. And so for us in our modern context, this can look like going from sickness to health, from anxious to peaceful, from sadness to joy and many, many more. I believe that our God has come to bring turnaround and transformation into our lives. And I believe that here this morning, we all have access to a realignment moment. It's because God loves us, that he provides us with ways and power to see transformation and realignment in our lives. And so, to put a definition to it, to be realigned is firstly to realize that, hey, we can't live our lives a certain way anymore. This, this way I'm doing it, it's just not working for me. And we turn to God for help and say, hey, come on, I, I want your way. Instead, we could call that repenting. In, in this case, it's like turning to the map. When we lose our way, we check our phone or we check the map and we go, oh, hang on, this is actually the turn I need to make. In life, we must turn to the map, in this case, being the Word of God. This will guide us correctly. No errors, it will reroute us if we take a wrong turn. This thing will guide us. But this requires two things. Firstly, it requires humility. We must be aware that we don't have it all, that we can't be it all. And this is... This is pretty hard. I won't lie. Look, quick show of hands. Who finds it easy to admit when they're wrong? My point exactly. Oh, Shadi, of course. You're too nice. You're too nice. But if if we are to desire God to move and realign us, we must be humble in heart and aware of our own shortcomings and and allow ourselves to get to that point and say, you know what? God, I, I need your help. Secondly, it requires a trust. In god that he is in control and capable of bringing about a realignment it says in proverbs verse, uh, chapter 3 verse 5 and 6 trust in the lord with all your heart lean not on your own understanding seek his will in all you do and he will make your path straight the holy spirit will provide us with the strength necessary to do both when we need to and and i draw a lot of encouragement i think these things are displayed clearly in the story of zacchaeus and so I'll paraphrase it. But Jesus, he's walking through the town called Jericho. He enters the town, and naturally, people and, and crowds gather to just see Jesus, the Messiah. Chief tax collector Zacchaeus wanted to see, but he was too short. Sure. That I cannot relate to. He ran ahead and climbed a tree to see. Eden, Je- <laughs> Pastor Eden, can relate. Anyway, he runs ahead. He climbs a tree just to just to get a glimpse. And Jesus sees him. I think it's kind of hard to miss a short dude. I imagine him in like a pretty eloquent cloak and he's up on a tree. And like, Sorry, what? So Jesus sees him and he says, hey, I want to have dinner with you. and Invite me into your home. And, and Jesus does this knowing Zacchaeus' reputation. And he knows that the people in the rest of the town aren't happy that he's hanging with Zacchaeus. But Jesus still goes. He'll do that. He'll ignore what the other people say because he loves you that much. Zacchaeus has him over and he allows him in. That's, that's a key part. He actually allows him in. And in that time that they spend together, Zacchaeus decides to give half his money to the poor and pay back anyone he has wronged four times what they owe. If you got cheated by Zacchaeus, that's a payday. Thank you, Jesus. Whew. Two things to note in this story is Zacchaeus was wealthy, right? We we kind of touched on that. And culturally speaking, wealthy people did not run. It was kind of a sign of dishonor. And furthermore, they definitely didn't climb trees. I think the fact that he did both of those says something about him. I'm inclined to believe it's a display of humility. He says, Jesus is more important than my reputation. Jesus is more important than everything else. Secondly, Jesus ignored the haters. That said, Zacchaeus wasn't worth it. And as I touched on, Jesus is like that. He loves you, and he's not going to let a single thing change that. Now, we know the result already Zacchaeus' life is realigned. But allow me to highlight the humility and the trust that we see in that passage. We see the humility displayed in Zacchaeus climbing the tree. He's disregarded himself and his title and cultural status just to see Jesus. That's actually an appropriate response. We should be like that, disregarding everything just to get a glimpse of Jesus. He is so good that he's worth that. Zacchaeus did everything in his power to meet with Jesus. And then we see the outcome of the trust in Jesus displayed at the end. Zacchaeus says he'll give half his wealth to the poor and pay people back four times what he owes them. The trust there is in Zacchaeus saying no to his way of cheating and lying to stockpile wealth for himself and saying yes to Jesus' way of kindness, of selflessness, and of love. Zacchaeus was realigned in the time that he spent with Jesus. We must know that Jesus is always ready to meet with us and he's ready to meet with us in our homes and in our hearts. He makes that choice despite what life may have looked up up until this point. Taking Jesus up on this offer is the best decision that we could ever make and we will have that opportunity a little later on. We see Zacchaeus enters selfish and greedy but through Jesus he leaves generous remorseful, honest, and selfless, that's, I remember around six or seven years ago, I was pretty fresh into my walk with God, and it was the first time probably I genuinely pursued Jesus wanting a realignment in my life, And, and my language was pretty foul, I used to swear a lot, and I felt convicted and compelled to change it. I felt that my speech should reflect the work that Jesus is doing in my heart. And it says in the word of God that from the overflow of the uh, heart, the mouth speaks. And so I figured that the same freedom and love being poured into my heart should be flowing through my mouth as well. And I realized uh, I tried in my own strength. It lasted a matter of days, if that. I realized I simply couldn't do it myself. So I met with Jesus and I asked for his help. And I trusted that he was able. I checked the map. Just like Zacchaeus, I let Jesus come into my home and into my heart. And if I slipped up, I'd meet with him again and humbly ask for forgiveness and strength to move on and go again. I needed my speech to be realigned to what he had called me to sound like. And so it says in in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, this is what I held on to, this map, so to speak. And it says this, Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. I believe that if my mind generated the words I speak, then I should desire that my mind be renewed into the ways of Jesus Christ, realigned into the ways of Jesus Christ. It was so powerful and complete, the work that He did in my life. He helped my speech be more gracious and kind. He realigned me. So please, church, consider this morning... What area is Jesus calling you to be realigned in? Can we, can we have a stance of saying, God, search my heart, know my anxious thoughts? Is it like Zacchaeus and around your finances? Like me and to do with your language or your conduct? Do you find yourself succumbing to anger or, or bursts of other emotions? Is there pride in your heart? Or is there another area that the Holy Spirit is illuminating to you right now? Later this morning, there will be an opportunity to seek freedom and realignment in those areas. And can I encourage you, please hear me on this. Be bold. Be courageous. Don't wait another day. Let today be the day that there is realignment coming into your life. Come with a humble and trusting heart, and you can see things shift in your life today. Thank you, church. Please welcome up Yanni.
1: What a preach. Hard to follow that one. <laughs> no, nah, I know that I'm so encouraged even after that to stop, check my heart, see what God needs to realign and set me back on course, because I too am bad in all senses of directions. <laughs> so good thing I wasn't leading him to Araluen. <laughs> but we're gonna shift gear here a little bit. And so I want you guys to use your imagination and I want you to picture this. It's me, but I'm eight years old and I have I wasn't that cute. I was my ears were too big, it was a whole thing. <laughs> I have two cats, right? And one day I'm there in my house, I'm bored as eight year olds are. And so I'm like, "Mm, what am I gonna do? And so I think to myself, there's a German shepherd that lives down the road. My cat and this German shepherd are gonna be best friends. (laughs) That's like, that makes sense, it's perfect. I've I've thought this through, so I've decided, there's my decision, I'm doing this. And so I look for a cat, there's only one I can find. I grab it. And I've I've got it in my arms and I'm heading down the street. The dog is in the front yard. So it's like, that's divine intervention. God wants this to happen. So I'm like, yes, come on. So he's in the perfect place. I've got the cat. We're about 15 meters from the dog. This is the encounter. They're ready. The dog turns, looks at the cat. What do dogs do when they see cats? They bark, right? I don't know if you've ever heard a German Shepherd bark. It is not small. It is a ginormous bark. This dog barks, it's pulling at its lead. So what does my cat do? Oh, do you think she just sits peaceful? No, this cat claws its way up my entire body. I've got scratch marks from my elbow to the top of my neck, right? So there was the the mark from my encounter. And my mom made me go to swimming lessons that day. Let me just tell you that. My mom's a nurse. She did not care. <laughs> she said, "Get!" I did not pay for these lessons for you to skip. <clears throat> but the thing is, I still have a scar on my arm today and one on my neck reminding me of that moment, of the outcome. <laughs> it's small, but it's there, you know? <laughs> and the thing with encounters is encounters can leave their mark on you. And an encounter with God can actually change the way that you walk through life. And so you may be thinking, why did you tell me this story about this cat? But funnily enough, it reminded me of a story in Genesis 32 of this guy called Jacob who actually wrestled with God. And so Jacob was the youngest of two brothers. He had actually deceived his family by stealing a birthright which didn't actually belong to him to begin with. And so when we pick up the story, he's on his way to see the older brother who he hadn't seen in years to reconcile. And so he's taken his wives and his servants and his sons and everything he had and sent them across the river, and so he's by himself. And so we start in verse 24. So it says, So Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. Where this man came from? I don't know. The Bible doesn't tell me. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip, so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. And then the man said, Let me go, for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked, what is your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. Jacob said, please tell me your name. But he replied, why do you ask my name? Then he blessed him there. And so Jacob called the place, I googled this, how to pronounce this, Peniel, That's the the consensus I came to, saying it is because I saw God face to face and yet my life was spared. And so the sun rose above him as he passed and he was limping because of his hip. And so you see, there are three processes that stand out in both of these stories. There was a decision that was made, there was an encounter, and then an outcome recurred as a result. You see, I decided to take my cat to the dog. There was that encounter where I got real scratched up but the outcome was that I looked very different that day to how I began and so there was a distinct outcome that followed the decision and for Jacob his moment his moment of realignment as Sean talked about earlier starts in verse 24 he made a decision to wrestle with this man and you see up to this we're led to believe that Jacob was actually walking fine he didn't have an ailment or a limp whatsoever he entered one way And so when we follow along to verse 26, it tells us that he had an encounter. His hip was touched and it was moved out of place. And so we read of the encounter, which actually that sparks his realignment. That's the moment where in all of this, in all of his struggle, he actually encountered God and he he met with God face to face. How cool is that? And so then in verse 31, we can see the outcome where he left the encounter changed. He walked out different to the way that he walked in. We see a total change that had occurred. And so we know that he entered as Jacob, walking in fine, but when he left, he was marked to be different. He was called Israel, he was limping, and so God had actually marked him and called him to be different. And so from that moment, there was a physical difference. See, the way he walked through life was different. He walked in a way that when people looked at him and noticed him, they would actually see that there was something different about him that set him apart from those around him. And so God is not going to make you start limping when you leave here today. That's not what I'm saying. We're not going to be physically impaired after an encounter with God. But what I do believe is that when we have an encounter and he marks us as his, our lives look different. We have that moment of realignment where we turn from our error and our old ways and our sin and instead we walk different. We talk different, our decisions look different, we think differently, our lives start to look differently and people can actually notice that about us. You see, for weeks after I got all those scratches down my arm as a result of this... I reeked of disinfectant. That was the fragrance that I had. It became my signature scent was Dettol, mainly because I was scared of infections. But the the thing is, wherever I went, people saw and people smelt the outcome of my encounter. (laughs) And it had left a physical mark, the scratches. And so for Jacob and his encounter, he had a limp. People saw the physical outcome of that. And you see, the thing is that God loves us too much to leave us where we're at. He loves us too much to have us living in sin and shame and guilt and condemnation. And so he wants us to come and encounter him. He actually wants us to look differently. And so where we may walk into an encounter weighed down and burdened by anger and frustration and anxiety and unbelief, we leave weightless. We leave free and we leave different. We just need to lay down those struggles and those burdens. And so when we have that encounter and we've been marked by God, we actually start to walk in the Spirit. And as a result, we have a a change in fragrance. You see, people can sense the fragrance of the Holy Spirit in us and can see the physical outcome, the mark of our encounter by the fruits that start to become evident in our lives. It says in Galatians 5, 22 to 23, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, is joy, is peace, is forbearance, it's kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. And when we have that realignment with God, our mark and our point of difference that sets us apart from a life of sin and bondage as seen in our fallen humanity is the change in the way that we live. See, change is evident by the fruit of display, the fruits of the Spirit on display in our lives. When we walk with the fruits of the Spirit at work in us, we are visibly becoming more like Him. You see, the thing about realignment though is it's not just a once-off occurrence, Sean didn't just check the map once and he was good to go. We stopped a few times. <laughs> and that's how, the thing with God. It's a regular encounter through prayer, through worship, through fasting, through being in church and in fellowship and community. All these things transform us to be more and more like Jesus. And so... As we continue to realign ourselves, these fruits will develop within us, leaving a sweet-smelling fragrance. We will not be smelling like disinfectant. Like a good perfume, though, the, the fruits of the Spirit are designed to bring blessing and encouragement to those around us and bring people distant from Jesus one step closer to Him. And so God wants us to have that realignment so that we can carry that fragrance and those fruits into our world. And sometimes, I'll be honest, it's going to feel like a wrestle, like Jacob did. But he is the faithful each time to realign our heart with his. And when we lay down our agendas and surrender, we will have that realignment that sets us on the right path and changes the way that we actually walk and the way that we look. And so when we look here at the story of Jacob it can actually be a pretty great parallel to our lives today. It's funny how God does that, hey? Yeah. <laughs> Zacchaeus was a parallel, Jacob is a parallel. See, in our Christian faith, there are these moments of, of wrestling of, of against our flesh and the life of freedom that Jesus actually purchased for us on the cross. But as we choose to encounter God regularly, to regularly surrender ourselves and our agenda, we have that realignment that realignment changes our thoughts, our speech, our actions, our hearts, everything about us to reflect Jesus and carry the fragrance of his freedom wherever we go. So are you someone today who wants to reflect Jesus and to be a fragrance that encourages and blesses and draws others to him? And you see, in order to do so, the first step in our Christian journey is actually that decision of salvation. That's the first choice we have to make that will spark our encounter. It's where we surrender, where we lay down and we decide to follow God and, and say yes to personal relationship with Jesus. And so maybe there's some people here who have done that and there's some that haven't. So maybe you've never had a time where you've decided to follow God, where you say yes and realign your heart. Or maybe you've actually had that moment where you've said yes but there's been Situations and circumstances in your life that have meant that you've walked away and you've steered a little bit or a lot of bit off course. But today's the day that you can reset your map, that God can come in and realign our heart to his and we can actually re-enter into that relationship with him. And so I'm just going to ask everyone to please close their eyes and bow their heads today. This is a moment between just you and God. There's no one else looking around. And so if that's you today, on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand, just so I know who I'm praying for. And so then we're all going to repeat this prayer after me. One, two, three. Awesome. Awesome. I'm just going to leave it for a few more moments if anyone else wants to join that person that made that incredible decision today. Great. Now, if everyone could repeat this prayer after me. Father, I know that I am a sinner and I need your forgiveness. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins, and rose from the grave to give me life. I ask that your Holy Spirit would come and fill my life. Please forgive me, realign my heart, show me how to know you, and to be more like you. In Jesus' name, amen. That is the most incredible decision you could have made. There's like a party in heaven right now. How cool is that? God is actually celebrating because people made that decision. And so if you prayed that today and you you meant that, please come and see me or anyone on the team. You can see Sean, because we would love to have a chat with you, give you some resources, because we're made to do this journey together. We're made to do life together. And so we don't want you to feel like you're doing this by yourself, you know. And as Sean mentioned earlier, we're just going to come around of time of of some prayer, of some things that he mentioned that people might need freedom from. You see, we're made to live with a sign and a mark that we are God's and that his work is evident in us. We're made to have realignment. We're made to be aligned with him and to have an encounter. But we need to leave that encounter different. And so in order to do so, we need to start with a decision. I carried the cat. Jacob wrestled with God. And so will you be bold enough today to lay that struggle down in your life? Would you, see, would you be so courageous enough to relinquish control and say, God, come and do what only you can do? We're all called to have that encounter. And we can remember today that we actually stand on an authority from heaven as we step out. We can be bold and pursue wholeheartedly this encounter with Jesus this morning in the same way that Zacchaeus did, in the same way that Jacob wrestled for that blessing. We can leave this morning realigned. So let's be encouraged by the promises in the Word of God that perfect love casts out all fear. Today we stand absent in fear, not in our own strength, but in the strength of God. And so it says in His Word, if the sun sets you free, that you are free indeed. And so we're believing for freedom flowing this morning. And so I'm just going to ask everyone again to bow their heads and close their eyes as there's a few specific groups of people I just want to pray for today. And so the first group of people I wanna pray for, as Sean mentioned, is people who are struggling to lay down their finances. Maybe you're struggling to have faith that God will come through and provide. Maybe you have a desire to be more generous and open-handed. Maybe you're just struggling to tithe or you need a financial breakthrough. I just want you to slip up your hand now. You can pop it back down straight afterwards, but I'd love to pray for you and believe that we will see freedom in that area. And so if that's you today, you just slip your hand up and put it back down. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father God. Father God, we just ask right now and we declare that any financial worry and burden will be broken off today, Father God. That where there is that stress about provision or where, where this will come from, that they will know that you will provide for them Father God. It says in your word that if you provide for the wildflowers surely you will provide for us and so we just declare right now your blessing and your favour Lord God. We declare a peace upon financial strain and worry Father God. We ask that people have humble hearts to be able to lay this down at your feet. And we declare breakthrough in the area of finances, Father God, where there is things in place that is stopping that. We declare that doors will be opened, Lord God, that you will provide jobs where jobs are needed, Father, that you will provide for your children as you are a good God who gives good gifts. And so we thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace. And we thank you that you care enough about us, Lord God, that you will provide in every circumstances. Amen. And so the next group I want to pray for is people who are struggling to align their language, maybe like Sean or their conduct. So maybe you struggle with controlling the way you speak. Maybe you find yourself lashing out in anger or frustration Or maybe you even have a hidden sin that has been constantly hounding and and holding you back and it's nagging. Because we're believing for complete freedom in the name of Jesus today. And so Father God, we just declare that the chains of of language and conduct will be broken off people today, Lord God. That you would realign minds and hearts to be more like you, Father. That today, that as people come and lay it down, that their thoughts will be taken captive and be aligned with you, Lord God. That as they speak, they speak life, Father God. That as they speak, they speak your words of joy and peace and love. And we declare those chains of that sin broken off and left here today, Father God, that burden and that bondage left at your altar, Jesus. And so we declare a freedom in your house today, Father. That we would see people leaving here today different to the way that they walked in. And that we would see people with their thoughts and their words and their actions aligned with you, Lord God. And so the final group I want to pray for is for people who are struggling to align their emotions. So maybe you feel as if you're controlled by anger. Maybe there's a sadness on you that you actually just can't seem to shake. Or maybe for some of us, you feel as if anxiety or fear is gripping is and it's actually controlling your life. And so I want to pray today that we would step into freedom and that our emotions would reflect, reflect him. And so if that's you today, I just want you to slip up your hand as well so we can believe for breakthrough and freedom in that area. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Jesus. God, we just declare a realignment of emotions today, Father God, where there is anxiety and fear controlling people's lives, God, we just declare those chains to be broken off today, Father, we declare your perfect peace over every person here, Lord God, who is struggling with fear, God, that that fear would leave their lives, that that weight would leave them, Lord God, that they would leave here free today, Jesus. We pray for people with anger, Lord God, that your love would wash over them instead, Lord God, that they're emotions wouldn't control them anymore, but that their hearts would be realigned with You, Father God. And that sadness, Lord, we speak it gone, Lord God. We declare Your joy over every single person that put their hand up, Lord God. That joy that turns mourning into dancing, Father God. We just declare Your joy to radiate out of people, Lord God, to be such a light in people's lives, Father, that when they look at them, they will notice their walk is different that they will see that there is something different about them because of this encounter that they've had. And so God, we just come and ask that your presence would fall today, Father God, that as people have stepped out in faith, Lord, that you would move powerfully in their lives, Father. Amen. And so we're believing today that there is freedom this morning as people step out. And so this week, church, ask God to reveal areas in which you need some realignment. Maybe it's just a wrong turn you took maybe it's a little bit more than that but we're believing that as we ask him to come in and shift that he will bring that realignment to be more like him and so if you feel like you need a little bit more prayer feel free to come see sean or myself after the service we would love to pray for you and stand and believe for that breakthrough today